impacted me and influenced me as, and is in the process of changing me. And I believe that as we present this to you, that it can do something in your life as well. And that's why we're doing that. You see, we all have uh, certain ways of how we deal with relationships and trouble, conflict, even if the relationships are good. A lot of times, we still have for ourselves armor. And we put on armor. We have spent our lives building this armor. It's a relationship armor that, that, that we feel like protects us in this whole dangerous world, world of relationships. And it doesn't matter if it's a friendship or a relationship with a parent or a brother or sister, a sibling, uh, that would be a brother or sister, a sibling, or your children or, or relatives. It may be coworkers, and it could be your boss or your supervisor. But whatever relationship we have, we have a tendency, because we have perfected this our whole lives, to develop armor that keeps us safe as we navigate and we operate and live within these relationships in our lives. But the truth is, this very armor, and if you're, anywhere, if, you're, if you're an adult here this morning, then there's a good chance that you have this whole armor thing perfected by now and customized for you just the way you like it, just the way you need it to protect yourself. But the problem is what we have built to protect ourselves in the form of armor, actually, it actually hurts us because it seals our heart away from other people and it seals in, locks in tight the hurt that's inside. Now we talked about that in week number one. I would encourage you to listen to that. We also talked about how we have this, all for all of us, this relationship arena. And we have an arena for every relationship we're in, and it's inside of that relationship arena. When we step inside that arena with another person that we are in a relationship with, family member or, uh, or a friend or coworker, we step into that relationship arena, and that is where the tough work is done inside of our relationships. That is where relationships improve, and that is where relationships get better. And sometimes we get into those arenas to, to kind of resolve some conflict, some trouble. Sometimes we get into those arenas so that we can kind of hash out and work through hurts and feelings that we have. But that is the place where the work is done. And that is the place where the work must be done. But to make the work work, we have to remove all of the armor. And we have to just lay it down, remove all the layers that we have built up over the years. But before we can remove the armor, we also have to trust the person in this relationship. And in order for us to trust them, we have to be able to accurately predict how they will respond to us if we get inside of that arena with them. We have to be able to accurately predict that that person will respond to us with patience and that person will respond to us with kindness. And we talked about that 
last week. Some of you this week have been putting marbles in and taking marbles out. We talked about that last week. Now, most of us do not like conflict. There's this rare personality type that loves conflict. <laughs> but most of us do not like conflict. Conflict. We are uncomfortable with conflict. It, it, it brings us discomfort just even thinking about working through feelings. Because we have been armored up in our lives so long that this, for most of us, is all new. No matter how old you are, this whole thing about feelings and relationships in the form of taking off your armor, this is all new for most of us. So, we usually let our armor deal with our relationships. We usually let our armor deal with problems and situations. We have all kinds of armor that we have built up over the years. Armor of silence, the old silent treatment. The armor of exploding on somebody. The armor of passive-aggressive behavior. The armor of criticism. The armor of anger. We have the armor of being defensive. It's not me, it's all you. We have the armor of avoidance, just pretending it doesn't exist, the, the conflict or the struggle or the hurt. We just avoid it. We also have the armor of numbing, which means I am so uncomfortable in relationships and conflict and hurt and feelings that I will do something, anything to numb that, that pain to make me numb to the whole area of this. And so it could be a substance or it could be something like TV, just, just vegging out, watching TV. It could be something that we do. And any of those things have a potential in our lives to become an addiction because we're numbing that whole experience with these relationships that we don't want to deal with. We have the armor of contempt. There's the armor of saying whatever is needed in that moment so we can move past that situation. Sometimes it's the armor of just blasting through boundaries. It's the armor sometimes of avoiding intimacy. We all, not all of us, but many times we have the armor, well, probably all of us at times, the armor of creating information in our mind to fill in the gaps of where we don't know what really happened. So we imagine it, and we imagine we fill in all the gaps, all the information gaps, and that's an armor. We have an armor of manipulating other people, an armor of quitting before we ever get to a resolution for the conflict. Sometimes it's the armor of using the same hateful phrases and same hateful words over and over again, time and time again. Sometimes we use the armor of procrastinating so that we can punish someone. We have an armor of dominating. And there's so many more kinds of armor. And we all have our favorite armor that we use. We all have our favorite. And by now, we use that armor without even thinking about it, not even being aware that we're using it. It's just our natural response. So if someone says to you, I think we need 
to step into the arena and have a talk, our eyes bug out. <laughs> and we think, oh no, what is getting ready to happen? What is getting ready to go on? It scares us to death. But if your love trust jar, as we talked about last week, has been consistently getting more and more inside of the arena, then we can learn to trust that person inside of the arena. And we can learn to trust this arena process because of what Paul said last week. And here's what he said. We even talked about this week one. But now let me show you, Paul says, a way of life that is best of all. And he goes on and tells us this. Love is patient and kind. And we can learn to trust that person and learn to trust the arena process when love becomes patient and kind. And today we're going to take that verse, love is patient and kind, and we are going to do our best to drive that deep this week. And today, in fact, we're going to be much more pragmatic today, much more practical. We've spent the first two weeks kind of developing this idea of the relationship arena. And today, we're going to give you your first tools that you can use inside of that relationship arena. We're going to do that today. We're going to be talking about you taking off your armor and stepping into that arena because, as Paul said, it is the loving thing to do. Love is patient and kind, and it will take for all of us real love, patient love, a kind love to be successful in the relationship arena. And today, to help with that, we're going to give you what we call some arena advice. And we're going to dig deeply into some of this patience and kindness that Paul said, that is love. And the arena work is so very important. We must either invest a reasonable amount of time inside of this arena attending to our fears and to our feelings, or we will waste an unreasonable amount of our day, our time in our day, trying to manage unhealthy and hurtful, harmful behaviors. Let me say that one more time. We must either invest a reasonable amount of time inside of the arena attending to our fears and to our feelings, or we will waste an unreasonable amount of our time during our day trying to manage these unhealthy and these harmful behaviors. So we're going to go to arena advice number one. And this is what Paul has to say, that love is patient and love is kind. And in the arena, that means this clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. If love is patient and kind, here's what kindness means. Clear is kind. 
unclear is unkind. So we can also say this, that clear is loving, unclear is unloving. So if we're going to be clear with someone in the relationship arena, I think there are some things that we need to eliminate from our vocabulary inside of that arena. Let me give you a few words that we need to eliminate. Here are the first two. We need to eliminate in that relationship arena, when we're having a discussion, we're having a talk, a conversation, we need to eliminate the two words, always and never. We say, you always do that, or or, you never help me, you never do this. We need to eliminate those two words, always and never, because here's the truth. The reality is this, those words are not true. They're not true. There is not one person who is always. And there's not one person who is never. It's untrue. You may feel that way, but the truth is, those words are not true. And we need to eliminate them. And here's why. Because they're not true, when we use those words, it makes the conversation unclear unclear, which is unkind. Clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. Always and never. Those words are not words of relationship help. Those words are fighting words. And we are not stepping into the arena with that person to fight them. We are stepping into that arena to join hands to lock arms with them and together for us to fight shame. We talked about that in week number one. So I think we can go as far as to say this too. We also need to eliminate these two phrases, almost always and almost never. We need to eliminate those as well. You might say, but that's more accurate. Well, we need to eliminate them and here's why. Because those are inflammatory words. Those words are pouring gasoline on the fire and they're making it worse. And if we're throwing gas onto that fire in that trouble, in that conflict, in that tension, if we're throwing gas into the fire and making it bigger, then we are making it more unclear. And unclear is unkind. Clear is kind, unclear is unkind. Here's another word we need to eliminate. If we're going to be clear, which is kind, we need to eliminate the you talk. You do this, and you do that. You make me so... We need to eliminate all of that finger-pointing you talk because it doesn't help. You see, we use those words because we really, in our heart, we think that that person, you, 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 that you are the problem. And what you do is the problem. And what you're saying is the problem. That's what we really believe. But that's not the whole truth. It's really not even most of the truth. The problem is what we do with what we feel. 
And when we're saying you, it is you, it is you, and you do this and you do that, when we're saying that, then we are completely ignoring the only thing that we can do anything about, and that is what we do, what we do with what we feel. So this, you talk, you do this, and you do that, and you make me so... And then all those other things we talk about, you, you, you. What's actually happening, happening is we're actually making things more unclear. Because it is not you where work needs to really be done. And unclear is unkind. Clear is kind. And so we need to learn in that relationship arena how to be clear with what we are feeling. (laughs) Most of us are so bad at this, especially us guys. Some of the ladies are bad at it too. But almost all of us guys are bad at it. How to be clear with, you know what I I did the other day, in fact this week? I am so bad at this, so very bad at this. I had to make me a cheat sheet. I have a list of eight over 800 words that I created that are feeling words. <laughs> because if you ask me how I'm feeling, I can't tell you. i got to go to the list and look at it and say, oh yeah, that one. I'm feeling that. I am so bad at this, but we have to learn how to be clear about what we are feeling. And then we have to be honest with ourselves about what we have been doing with those feelings. And then we have to be honest again with ourselves about what we have been doing because of those feelings. Clear? is kind. Unclear is unkind. That leads us to arena advice number two. In the arena, we're going to challenge you to stay curious, to keep exploring. Now, inside of this piece of arena advice, we're going to give you two tools that you can use, and then we're going to also give you two tips within this. Now, when we are confronted with some information, somebody says, hey, we need to get into the arena. We need to talk. We need to work through something. When we're confronted with information and they begin to tell us, instead of closing yourself off and reaching over for some armor to put on, instead of rushing them to hurry up and finish this whole thing so we can get it done, and we're saying, okay, okay, I got it, and I'll work on it. See ya. Instead of us doing that, it takes courage for us to turn toward that person instead of away from them. To turn toward that person with curiosity. Which means to turn to that person and instead of trying to rush them through this process so we can get it over, turning to them with curiosity and trying to slow things down so that we can explore and hopefully understand what they are feeling. 
rather than us turning away from them and just rushing along. Now, when we're in that conversation and we're confronted with some of these brutal facts, we're going to encourage you to use the curiosity tool, which says this to them. We simply say, tell me what that looks like. I want to understand. Tell me what that looks like. I, I really want to understand. Instead of turning away from them and trying to rush out of it, we turn toward them, slow down with curiosity, and we say, tell me what that looks like. I want to understand. And it's so much easier for us just to dismiss them and say, you shouldn't feel that way. Oh, you misunderstood me. Here's what I meant. It's, it's so much easier to just dismiss them. And for us to say, okay, okay, I, I got it, and I'm on it, I'll work on that, and then run out of the arena. That's much easier. But you staying curious, turning toward them, and exploring what they are feeling, you know what happens? It helps things for you, and maybe even for them, to become more clear. And clear is kind unclear is unkind. This whole process of confronting the brutal facts inside of the arena with somebody, it's the very facts that usually we deflect with our armor. Usually with our armor, we just shut down and we get angry. Usually with our armor, we get defensive. You shouldn't feel that way. No, 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 you've got it wrong. We have all of this armor that we usually use when those facts start coming into us. But now, we're laying that armor aside and we're turning toward them with curiosity and trying to understand how they are feeling. And you know what happens? As we listen to them, we get some facts. We get some facts. And part of those or some of those facts, we can understand on later dates, we may be entering into the arena because of some of that other stuff we learn. We get some important information that helps make things more clear. But we have some bad habits. We have some bad habits. We try to rush them through this process because it's so uncomfortable. We try to hurry them along. So we can get it over with. We have these verbal cues. We'll, we'll use the word yes a lot. We'll say yes, yes, yes. Like we're agreeing with them. But on the inside we're saying yes, will you please be quiet? Yes, yes, yes. And we say it faster and faster just hoping they'll get the clue. I want you to stop talking so now I can talk and present to you my defense and all the reasons why you shouldn't feel that way. And how you've misunderstood everything. And we use these cues. Yes, yes, yes. Hoping that they're just going to pause so we can jump in. We have these nonverbal cues. Sometimes we start nodding our head and we nod it faster and faster, just hoping, hoping they'll get the clue to say, yeah, I'm ready to talk. <laughs> Please stop. Please pause so I can jump in. But we need to stop and we need to pause and we need to learn how to listen to them without defense, how to not rush them, 
Why? Because Paul tells us love is patient and love is kind. Here's a tip. In our conversation with them, we have to learn how to keep some quiet space in our conversation with them. Some empty space. And that keeps us from rushing. We have to learn to not fill the silence gaps with our talking. And I am horrible at this. I am so bad. My personality type, whatever it is, I'm not sure, but my personality type tries to fill all the empty space with my voice. Just yappity, yappity, yap. If you stop talking, I'm going to be talking. That's another reason why I'm not a good counselor. Let me change that. That's another reason why I am not a counselor. You call me, people call me up every week and they say, Harley, will you sit down with us and counsel us? And it's almost always in a relationship setting. And I have to say, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not a counselor. I'm horrible. You don't want me. I am terrible. I've got a counselor. And I've got numbers of counselors. I can give you numbers of counselors. And it would be so good for you. Go to this person. You don't want me. I'm horrible at that. I fill all the gaps. Now listen. Okay. If you want a customized 30-minute sermon, hey, I'm your guy. I can preach it. I can teach it, but I'm a horrible counselor. If they stop talking, we have to learn that we can't take that as a sign for us to start talking. We have to say this instead. If they stop talking, tell me more. Tell me more. And then we sit in the awkward silence and listen. And they'll start talking again. And we have to keep listening. And while they are talking, don't formulate your response to them. Don't think about what you want to say next, how you want to defend or how you want to explain. Don't be thinking about what you want to say. Focus on what they are saying, trying to understand. Hold your insights. Just listen. Don't fix them. Don't try to fix them. Try to understand them. Just listen. Here's another tip. Don't take their feelings away from them. Don't, don't take their feelings away. Don't dismiss their feelings. Say, you shouldn't feel that way. Oh, I, oh, you don't have to feel that way. Here's why. Don't try to take their feelings away from them. They are allowed to feel. They're allowed that. Even if it makes us uncomfortable, they're allowed to feel that. Now, but 
They can feel things, we all can, but there may be certain behaviors in the arena that are not okay. And it is okay to set boundaries in the arena. And boundaries help things stay clear. Clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. It's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to say, I, I, I know, I see that you're fuming. That's okay. But yelling is not okay. I know that we're discouraged. I know you're discouraged, and that's okay. But rolling your eyes and interrupting, it's not okay. Frustration. Frustration is okay. But outburst, like... Oh my gosh! It's not okay. Being annoyed, that's okay. But put-downs? Put-downs are not okay. Upset, that's okay. But being passive-aggressive in your comments, that's not okay. And sometimes when we're in the arena, we reach a point where someone, one or both, Need some extra space. Need some extra time to just kind of regroup and recollect themselves. Need some space sometimes to think and rethink. And there's a tool for that. And it's called the catch your breath tool. Where you simply just learn how to circle back. You say, listen, I, I know this is a little frustrating. Maybe... Can we just circle back and talk about this again in a little bit or another day? You see, if more time is needed, it's okay to circle back. It's fine. That's okay because rushing to finish this process always leads to a future regret. If we need time to just pause... And just ponder, just think things through. It's okay to say, hey, can we circle back? You know why? Because if we're charging ahead, when we need to actually have some time to pause and reflect, rushing ahead always leads to a future regret. If you're having trouble staying patient and staying kind, then it's time to circle back. Because pausing is better sometimes than pushing ahead when we are beginning to lose self-control. Because that always leads to a future regret. Now if you use this catch-your-breath tool to circle back, then before you pause, you have to agree upon a specific day and a time even if it's later that day, but a specific time that you're going to step back into the arena. Because if you don't set an appointment, then you're just running away. You're not circling back. You're just running away out of the arena. And there's a good chance that you're probably on your way out going to armor up. So we have to set a time to come back. Step into the arena with love, which is patient and kind.
Here's arena advice number three. We're ending with this today. Arena advice number three is to learn how to apologize and make amends. The result of a good experience for us inside of the relationship arena is for us to recognize something that we can each own for ourselves something we each individually are responsible for. And then we can learn how to apologize for that and we can begin to make amends for that. And that is the skill of all brave relationships. And like every skill, it takes practice. And we, most of us, if not all, we are not good at this, only because we rarely do it. It takes practice for us to drop our armor and leave it on the ground. And it takes practice for us to, to genuinely say, I am sorry. If we have armor on of any kind, we will never be able to say genuinely, I'm sorry. And we will not be able to make amends. To stay in the arena. And to keep examining our part. That takes courage. Because we always have a part. Everyone in the arena always has a part. No matter how small it might be. We always have a part. And we have to ask ourselves, what, what's my part? No matter how small it is, what's my part? Everyone has a part. Stay in the arena. Dig in. Go deep. Stay curious. Discover your part. And then we learn how in that moment to apologize. Genuinely. And how to begin to make amends. And it's a skill that takes practice. And you know what? At first, we are wobbly. <laughs> at first, we are not good at this at all. We are unsteady. We are sloppy. But we have to leave our armor on the ground and do it. Because clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. So here's a mending tool as we end. As you discover your part... And as you say that you are sorry, as you apologize for your part, then you're able to explore, how can I make amends? And here's a tool. If I do this, fill in the blank there, you fill in the blank. If I do this, will it address what we've talked about? If I do this, will it address what we've talked about? And you may still be asking, Harley, what, what, Why? Why do we have to do all of this? And I just simply say, because love is patient and love is kind. That's why. That's why we have to do it. Because love is patient and love is kind. And it's about serving them, not ourselves. And we have to choose to have the courage to ask this question. What would love have me do in this arena, in this moment, right now? And you ask, well, 
What does all this mean for me today? And I simply say this. Since love is patient and love is kind. And because clear is kind and unclear is unkind. If someone is upset with you this week. And you have already been consistently working to fill the love trust jar with them. Then I would simply say this. If they're upset with you, invite them into the arena. And keep exploring. Keep exploring. Say, tell me what this looks like. I I want to understand. And when you dig and explore and you find a part that you can claim and say, this is me. Apologize for that and make amends and then say this. If I do this, will that address what we talked about? And you know what? I'm really interested to know. If you step into the arena with someone this week, shoot me a Facebook message, a private message. Shoot me a text or an email. Let me know. And and understand this. It's going to be wobbly. It's going to be sloppy at first. It's going to be unsteady because we're not good at this yet. And it's okay to say, you know what? I'm not good at this, but I want to try. And it's okay to say, you know what? Maybe we need to hit pause and let's circle back. Let's catch our breath. Let's catch our breath and let's circle back. It's okay. It's okay, but let me know how it goes. As we end this morning, I just want to end with me saying some things and you repeating them back to me. And I want to start with this with what we've been talking about today. I'm going to say clear is kind, and I want you to repeat back, clear is kind. And I want you to say it like you mean it. Clear is kind. Excellent. Y'all are so far advanced. I want to do it again. That was great. Clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. Okay. Now we're going to do the same thing using the passage of Scripture that is our foundation for this entire series. And we find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I'm going to say a phrase. Some of them are long, some are short. But say it after me like you mean it. It starts off with this. Love is patient and kind. Wonderful. Let's do that one more time. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful, or proud, or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And it does. Let's pray. Father, we just read how you define and describe love. And I fail every day. Forgive me, God, for not offering the world around me a love that is impatient, that is that forgive me for giving them one that's impatient, that is selfish, God. 
that is only kind toward myself. And instead, God, help me to practice your love. Help me to step into the arena with those important relationships in my life. Help me to be clear. Help us all to listen to them and to stay curious about what they're feeling, even though it scares us. Help us to search, to search for areas in our lives where we can lovingly say, I'm sorry, and then help us to clearly make amends. This love is not the love that I most often have and that I've most often offered the world. God, help us to practice your love. Jesus, help us to get better and better and better at living your love in all of our relationships. God, we want our love to endure through every circumstance just as your love for us, Jesus, has endured. And now we're going to sing and, and about your love and we're going to worship you through song because of your love. Give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we have heard and give us the courage to do it, Jesus. Amen.